the Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. And good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations today. This is Cheryl Esposito, and we're privileged to have Michael Toms with us today. Michael is the CEO and co-founder of New Dimensions Radio and New Dimensions World Broadcasting Network. Media Matters, Dialogue with a Master. We certainly will be speaking with the Master today. Michael, welcome. Well, thank you, Cheryl. It's nice to be here. It's great to have you here. Now, where are you this morning? I'm in uh, Ukiah, which is the county seat of Mendocino County in Northern California, about two hours north of the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, nice. Is it, is it a sunny day there? Uh, yes, it is. Oh, good. Beautiful day. Well, I know that's a beautiful part of the country, and you've been there for a while, haven't you? I've uh, been up here in uh, Mendocino County since 1984. Oh, I'd say that's a while. Yeah, it's a while. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of your history and how you um, got to where you are today. You are so well-known in the world of media and in the world of what I call thinking people, um, people who really want to get their information about what's going on in the world and different ways of seeing and thinking about some of the issues of the world. And talk a little bit about um, how New Dimensions Radio got started. Well, actually, it's, it's kind of um, uh, by accident, although there aren't any accidents. Um, <laughs> the uh, I had My background had been in... Um, uh, advertising and marketing, uh, and, and at some point I realized that it was something else that I wanted to do. And uh, so essentially what happened was uh, I decided to merge my vocation with my avocation, which was to merge my, my deep interest in spiritual things and the quest that I was on with um, um, communications. And, and so uh, that's how New Dimensions came to be. And initially it was not intended to be a radio program. It, like radio had never entered the picture uh it was intended to do. We were intended to do uh, sponsor events and lectures, and and uh, bring people together around um, topics that were of interest, and to kind of bring different perspectives, and so that people could see there are lots of different ways of looking at mm. uh, different issues and different challenges. And so, uh, the first thing we did was we did a lecture series uh, in San Francisco at the Unitarian Center, and uh, we had six different uh, presenters there, and they're all from very different fields, and. Uh, and out of that, out of that, out of that lecture series came an offer to do a radio program on KQED, the flagship NPR station in San Francisco. And mm-hmm. so suddenly we found ourselves doing a radio program, a half hour every other week program on, and within a few weeks I realized that radio was the perfect medium to, to do what we wanted to do, which was explore ideas and, and intimately and personally and, um, yeah, so, it developed from half hour to half hour every other week to every week, and then to one hour a week, and then then we launched a four hour live program on Saturday evenings from eight to midnight in January of 1975, and that went on for on until August of '79, uh, uh, and that was how totally we became a, a kind of our, we cut our teeth on radio there, and, and sometimes we'd have one guest on for four hours, and it was like by the third or fourth hour you'd just blind, and and, and that's a great experience, and. Uh, so that's how the radio began, and then when, in 1980, when the public radio satellite system was launched, uh, we were one of the first producers there, and so we uh, basically uh, then were able to, to uh, distribute our program to other stations, and and within within three months, we had 100 stations that agreed to carry our program for a week on a weekly basis for a year, and so that's how we started, one station at a time, and we just have gone on from there. That's really interesting. You really had a vision in at a time, I think, when people were not so creative about media, and um, taking advantage of that has made a huge difference. Would you say that what you're doing is journalism? Well, yeah, it's a, certainly it's a form of electronic journalism, um, and because we're using electronic media, uh, and I'd like to say that uh, it's it's. 
really kind of, I think, probably the closest person I can think of, the person that people would be familiar with would be Bill Moyers. I think he does a kind of electronic journalism that is, uh, it's, he tries to focus on, on, on solutions and positive things, and he addresses, he addresses issues that, in a way that, uh, you know, with a variety of different perspectives and so forth. That's what we try to do on the radio, and, and, uh, so yeah, I think it's, it's, an electronic journalism that, unfortunately, much of which, most of which doesn't get, doesn't happen in, in today's media world. Uh, everything's going, everything's going for the short shot, you know, thirty-second mm-hmm. spot, and and uh, tell me the secrets of the world, and you got two minutes. Um, that's not our approach. Uh, it never has been. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, we are kindred spirits on that plane, that's for sure. Um, you know, I. I look at what's happening in today's media and I wonder about this concept that, you know, the, the web, et cetera, is putting media, the power of the media in the hands of the people, in the hands of the populace. And um, what I'm noticing is that I don't know that that's so true. It seems to me that big media is still driving the message that the populace is focusing on. Would you say that's true? Uh, it depends on where you look. I mean, I think that that it's it's, it's a both that. I think you're correct in in one way. And then another, there's another perspective that that the uh, the internet has uh, and the World Wide Web has opened up information to people that wouldn't have otherwise had access to it. And so um, at the same time, I think you know there is the the, the, the I I, my, I come to the place I feel the genie's out of the bottle and it's, <laughs> you can't get the genie back into the bottle. Right. And even though that. Uh, institutional institutions and countries will try to do that. Um, there's no way it can happen. I mean, I think a good example of this is as we watch Ch- as we watch China uh, mm. uh, integrate the internet. Um, there's no way China's going to keep people from using the internet, and right. they're trying to, but it's not going to work. And right. so we can see that you know, even though I mean, you take a big country like China, which is a, essentially a, being a dictatorship, and they if they can't do it, uh, uh, I mean, you know, it's not going to happen. So. I feel that you know the infra- it, 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 I think it, at the same time it behooves us to be very selective mm-hmm. about where we go and, and what we do because there's a lot of garbage out there too and right. it's a matter of, of looking at what you, you know being careful and, and, and being selective about what you choose to, to tune into or to go for but I think the internet and the web provide opportunities that that you know a few years ago uh, people couldn't wouldn't have had and and so I think it's a, just a really an amazing time for, uh, particularly for electronic media, um, and it, it's a time like I, I go back to, the, I track back to quite a ways here because I, I go back to 1960 and I remember attending a Printing Industries of America uh, convention show, you know, conference show, and I, yeah. I remember seeing a linotype machine which is hot lead and a letter press, and it was like the it was like the last throws of the of the of the of the linotype, which you know where you. Mm-hmm. Cast lead in a book, then you carry the lead and you put it in a press, and um, and it, that that was 1960. And then within a few years, there was uh, high-speed photo typesetting, and within a few years, there was offset printing. I mean, and offset printing came along, and then then uh, geography came along, and it revolutionized the print industry, so that you had four instant printers in every corner instead of four gas stations. And so, and the, the same thing is happening in electronic media, where the technology now is being made available. So it was possible then to, to and what happened was you had the demise of magazines like Life and Collier's and, and big horizontal type right. magazines that reached lots of people, but they they couldn't make money. And there was an opportunity to create small niche type publications. So you had this huge influx of new magazines and new, I mean, do you realize there's like over 400 magazines for horse people? Um, no. I, mean, I only know that because <laughs> I had a client one time that had, had, had provided vermifuge for horses and so I had to discover that fact, but... The fact, I mean, that that it was made possible through the technology. Now, what's happening with electronic media? The same thing. Now, that technology is within within the grasp of, of literally everyone. So now we're seeing, you know, hand uh, hand, hand handy cams appearing on the network yeah, news. You know, yeah. uh, so that's a whole new ball game, and and it's I think I think it's going to just be it's going to boggle our imagination what what, what unfolds. Well. As I look at the evolution of media, and uh, I look at your history, um, one of the elements that you use is dialogue, and you actually coach people around dialogue. Uh, 
And I'm curious to know, um, actually I got an email from someone who had seen the announcement for the show and said, well, what is a master dialogue coach? And so I'm asking you, what do you think? What's a master dialogue coach? Well, uh, first of all, I don't call myself a master, uh, but uh, I think I do. I, I do a, a, I, for a number of years. I did a, a training called Deep Listening, Deep Questioning, um, and uh, I did like a, it was a five day program, and it was pretty intense. And it was at a retreat center, a, 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 actually it was held in a, a Catholic convent, um, and a place dedicated to silence, actually, and uh, and. I think all of that, the, the, my, my view of dialogue is that, that we have to learn how to listen. So it's really about learning how to listen and, and listening more deeply. And, and as we learn how to listen, we can start to hear things that we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't have otherwise heard. And so, um, going back to your question, uh, uh, as someone who's been practicing dialogue for, well, certainly with, with the work I've been doing with New Dimensions for many years and before that in other ways, um, and I continue every day is a new day. Uh, every day is a practice day in that sense. Uh, uh, it's an ongoing process, and I think that uh, it's like how to, most of us, particularly in this society, we're, we're surrounded with um, all kinds of ways to distract ourselves, all kinds of ways to get lost in the morass of what's available and what's out there, and, and every day there's another, something else to distract us comes along. And so in that, in this kind of a situation, it's really important that we find places to, to, uh, reflect and, and to, um, retrospect. And places that we can, places of silence where we can, where we can go and just be with ourselves and be with our deeper self and be able to hear, uh, that, that inner voice that's speaking to us all the time, but mostly we don't, we can't hear it because we're so busily engaged in other, uh, you know, various mundane activities. And, so uh, I would say, a, you know, a dialogue coach is someone who really fosters and encourages uh, their clients or whoever they're working with to, to ways to learn how to listen, ways mm-hmm. to listen and, mm-hmm. and, and, and hear that inner voice. Yeah. Well, do you think that the, um, the evolution of text messaging and, um, you know, quick quick conversation, um, one-line emails, do you think that's affecting the um, integrity of dialogue? Mm. I think it's, in fact, it's, it's affecting the uh, nature of, of reading, the nature of books. I think it has, has, much more, has more of a, perhaps more of an effect on, on book reading than mm-hmm. it does on, on um, uh, dialogue. I, I think... You know, we're talking about essentially. I think young people doing doing this. People less under twenty five, and you know, not to say there aren't other you know adults doing it too. But the, the idea that that we can. Uh... Well, we're going to <laughs> okay. take a break, and Michael, well, let's let you finish your that, conversation yeah. when we come right back. Talk about his money. Call us toll free 866-472-5790 and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. More and more business people recognize the importance of spirituality in their work. How do busy professionals discover what rings true for them? Embracing the journey with Karen Humphrey Salad explores what it means to be spiritually fulfilled in business and how to integrate spiritual direction into a career. Expert guests, authors, and inspiring speakers join Karen every week to discuss such issues as honesty, compassion, generosity, ethics, and integrity in the workplace. Take a positive step forward to greater life balance. Tune into Embracing 
Walking the Journey with Karen Humphrey Salad, broadcast to you every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Money, money, up-to-date business and financial news. Money, money, call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. We're speaking with Michael Combs today. Michael, before we went to break, we were talking about how um, current technology, i.e. text messaging, etc., is, is affecting dialogue. And you were telling us... Um, your thoughts about that? Yeah, I was saying that I think it has, a, has had, a, had a big effect on reading, and I think particularly with young people, um, and this is where I think a lot of this, uh, the text messaging and short emails and so forth, I'm a great, great believer in short emails, by the way. <laughs> um, I try to keep mine less than two sentences Absolutely. if I can. Uh, uh, I think we get, a lot of people get too verbose with email. Mm-hmm. And uh, in any case, uh, I think that this has kind of, brought up the whole question of how, you know, young people are teaching us how to use this technology. I mean, they sort of come in with a DNA of how to work with this stuff. And, yeah. And uh, uh, there's a lot to be learned there. And, and I think that from the standpoint of dialogue, um, it's, again, I think uh, what's important is to make sure that uh, the young person uh, has a, has a, uh, an awareness that there's uh, a history here, and and that that there are other there's context that uh, you know, like an ed- essentially a a, a liberal uh, approach to education, a liberal uh, a liberal arts curriculum that would be a good thing for um, for a young person who's you know basically uh, really interested in all that technology, and so I want I want to support that because I think that. Uh, this is kind of a, a whole new territory, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's a whole new territory for uh, uh, young people. Like, for instance, our programming right now is our programming appears on the iTunes Music Store, and so right. you can, you, you know, with a set of headphones, and someone could be listening. We have this store, and they, they, they're breaking, they're listening to a piece of music, and then there's a, a space, and, and in their ears is a Joseph Campbell or a David Bohm mm-hmm. or a Bill McDonough um, or an Alice Walker, and. Mm-hmm. So that kind of thing, it's a 60-second piece. Uh, so there's ways to do this. Uh, and, it, again, I think that I'm not sure there's a big effect on uh, – I think the real thing is that is that a young person needs to know how to read, too. You know, yeah, they yeah. need to read. So whatever we, whatever we can do to turn them on to reading uh, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a lot of parents and a lot of teachers who are um, – Dealing with this and actually not knowing what to do um, because the reading that um, a lot of the young people do is actually more soundbite reading. You know, it's more the USA Today kind of article if they read anything at all, and and of course most of it then is online too, which um, it's a different medium altogether for reading. What do you think about the books, you know, via Amazon's Kindle or? You know? Well, I think books on tape is a good deal. Yeah. You know, I think that that's another way, a good way to reach people. Uh, and a lot of people are never going to pick up a book and read it, but they will listen to it. Right, right. Um, and I think that's true, you know, of, of adults, you know, senior, you know, a wide age range. Sure. Um, so that's a, that's a way to sneak books into the system, <laughs> sneak books into people's ears. That's right. Well, Michael, what I want to know about your history uh, in terms of as a young person yourself, um, when you know we the technology that we have today didn't exist, and you were probably reading books. Um, how did you get so curious? You know, your curiosity is, runs very deep. You know, did, were you always a curious kid? Uh, yes, I do believe I was. Uh... Uh, I was raised Catholic, so I went through um, I went through eight years of the nuns, and I had uh, I went to a Jesuit prep school, so I had the full full bore uh, 
human. And so I want to say about that that I had lots of questions uh, about um, the religion. I had a lot of questions, and I, and I learned that um, that's, that there weren't sometimes there weren't clear answers. And, and yeah. So that was something that I think get turned on to, you know, like kind of like, well, what do you mean uh, if, you, if you're not baptized, you go to hell or you can't get to heaven? What if this makes sense? A just God would, right? How would a just God do that? So questions like that came up for me early on. Um, and and then as I got it, as I went into, uh, uh, as I left the nuns and went into prep school, the Jesuits, um, they really were great teachers about questioning. I mean, they, yeah. they, they had a whole, a whole, their view was totally different than the nuns, and, and, and they allowed for the grays, and the nuns said it was all black and white. It was either this way or that way. And, in, and I remember the first religion class I ever took um, in, uh, in the prep school I went to, which was the prep, preparatory school for Georgetown University in, in, in Washington, D.C., um, the, 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 um, the Jesuit said, you know, the teacher, he said, um, yeah, I know that most of you boys here have been through the, been with the nuns for the last eight years. And I want to tell you, and I want you to forget everything you've learned about the Catholic religion. We're starting, we're starting over. We're starting over today, and and he meant it. And and it was true. They had a whole different, whole different slant. They had a, they had a questioning slant. They had a slant that, that allowed for, uh, the possibility that you didn't, ha- you know, that you didn't have to, you know, be a holy of holies, uh, and that you know that saints had problems too. And then, and then so it was, it was a great. That was good. Um, although I didn't, the system of of training the Jesuits used was not a system that that I really meshed well with. I found later in life that that I really learned by osmosis, and that mm-hmm. and I sort of kind of in, in, that's how I in, in bring in information. But but beyond that, uh, I think also I came across a couple of books in, in an early age. One was the Will Durant's The Pleasures of Philosophy, mm-hmm. and that was that's a book about basically the quest for knowledge and that. And that, that book had a large um, uh, effect on me because it, I said, "Wow, you can this, you can do this for a living. You can do, you can actually pursue the, the quest of knowledge as something you can do." And that was interesting. That was a, that was one thing. And then the other was uh, coming across um, uh, the um, well. Thomas Jefferson was someone I came across early on, and he was a comprehensivist, and and he, so he had an impact as well. And then. Um, in my first year in college and in university, uh, I had a class on Samuel's life of Samuel Johnson, and that was just an amazing uh, epiphany experience for me to to come in touch with Samuel Johnson, and and this was a man who who really who who basically compiled the first English language dictionary, and and he wrote he wrote many many things, and he was he had a he he essentially would gather his friends together in a pub, and they'd meet two or three times a week. And they'd talk about whatever was coming up. They'd talk about ideas and different things that were happening and what was going on in the world. And and, uh, and I thought, gee, that's wild. Because and he he essentially just would bring these people they, they, because because of his uh, um, charisma and his uh, intellect and his uh, capacity for words, um, people were drawn to him. And so he would just these people would just show up and he would be. And I said, gee, wait, right? Oh, that's a great thing. And I realized later later on that. New Dimensions is actually, you know, the old Samuel Johnson gathering in the pub, you know? Right, right. A uh, circle of friends. And so, right. so, and then when I went, I didn't go to school right away. I didn't go to college right away from high school. I took, I took a semester, took six months and, and uh, kind of hung out for a while. And I, and I actually got a job as a, a, tech, a trainee tech, tech writer, which is a good thing because it supported me for a few years. Hmm. Um, and <clears throat> in that process, and I was taking, I was doing tech writing, and I, I decided I'd go to radio broadcasting school. And so, you know what? I mean, I, mean, I, I was motivated to do that, and so I went through radio broadcasting school in Washington D.C. And <coughs> excuse me, the uh, and I, 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 I'd grown up with radio. I'd grown up with radio. I, I used to Saturday mornings. I can remember Archie and Sky King and mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, and, and shows like that, and, and Duffy's Tavern on Saturday nights, and, and then television came along. And television was kind of like came in came in just as in like late early fifties, and it changed. You know, television changed the world really in that yeah. sense because it took people took people from outside inside, and uh, the two technologies that changed the world by the way were air conditioning and television. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, both, because both of them brought people inside. Oh, 
and, and from the outside and changed the way we families operated, changed the way kids played. Everything shifted. But in any case, going back to the, the radio, uh, so I really loved radio and, and, and had a deep, deep inclination toward it, but it took, you know, I, so I did all that and I went to, went to university. I went to university that had a graduate program in, in uh, radio, uh, te- television, radio, and film. <coughs> and so that's another thing. I mean, there were only five schools at that time that really had that, had a program like mm-hmm. that. And so, but then it took me like, you know, what, 15 years or 14 years or whatever to drop into it. And, uh, and then it was, as I say, by accident. But that's, that's kind of a thumbnail and a precise of how it unfolded. Well, you know, it's, um, I, I, that little tidbit you just tossed out there about television and air conditioning changing the world, um, I hadn't thought about the two together. It, it makes a lot of sense because it also changed the way communities interacted. There w- must have been a lot less of it, right, a lot less community interaction when people um, figured they didn't need to sit down in the community to get their information or to get their news or, you know, there was there wasn't that sense of, well, this is what we have to do. We have, you know, the our recreation is being in community. It right. wasn't like that anymore. Well, you, remember the, 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 you can go and get, you can see these old ads from magazines in the 50s, particularly where people are sitting, where the family sitting around with tel- television, TV dinners, watching yeah. television. You know, that was, and before, you know, families sat on the porch, you know, and, and yeah. interacted with other families and or things like, you know, Fairs and picnics and all kinds of things that happened outside, you know, that where people would interact and and then suddenly, you know, everything started to shift and change. Well, and and also what's happening there is the media is coming at you, and so there's the individual doesn't have um, a requirement to engage, um, simply to sit and listen or to sit and um, let it hit you, but you don't have to do anything with it. Right. Well, and so that has tremendous. Very passive. It's a passive medium. Right, right. Television right. is not is not a, it's not an active medium. Radio is a hot. It's a hot, an active medium. Mark McLuhan said talked about read about this and. Marshall you know, McLuhan. Yeah, Marshall McLuhan. And radio is a hot medium, and because it does engage, it does uh, it does make people essentially it grabs the the listening. It grabs the the attention of the listener, and uh, whereas television essentially you just can zone out. Most people use television to zone out with. Right, right, right. Well, we're going to um, talk more about this and move into some of what's going on in today's world in politics when we come right back. Talk about his money. Call us toll free 866-472-5790 and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. There you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. 
the economy and financial markets continue to expand in both their size and complexity. But being able to anticipate changes in the markets for housing, jobs, and financial assets remains a crucial ingredient to our financial well-being. On the economy and the markets, with economist, investment strategist, portfolio manager, and host, Doug Cliggett, utilizes his 25 years of experience with that of his highly informed guests to provide clear, reasoned explanations of current events. To navigate the markets that influence our lives every day of the week, tune into The Economy and the Markets with Doug Cliggett, broadcasting each Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The Economy and the Markets, clear thoughts in a complex world. Stocks, bonds, 401ks, investments, refinancing. We can help you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. We're speaking with Michael Tom, CEO and co-founder of New Dimensions Radio. Michael's also the host of some wonderful radio shows. Um, Michael, I've read that you are, and you mentioned earlier, you're a student, a longtime student of Thomas Jefferson and his way yes. of seeing the world. And you're, you have a great love of the American Revolution and history of the U.S. I'm curious about how we are creating history today in our political realm, in our political situation, specifically with our presidential elections here in the U.S. Um, I know that there are people around the world who uh, listen to this show, and their perspective outside of the U.S. Um, is very different sometimes than what's happening here in the U.S. Um, can you talk a bit about how you see um, what's happening with the media with this current political campaign? Yeah, it's a wide-ranging question. There's a lot of, a lot of ground to cover there. Uh, the Well, number one, I think that the current campaign coverage is atrocious. Uh, it's just become, you know, they turn everything into a horse race, and mm-hmm. and uh, it's just not appropriate. I mean, it's like, why aren't we exploring ideas? We're not exploring the issues. We're not, uh, you know, every week it's like kind of like, well, who's ahead this week? And yeah. rather than, than, than what about, you know, what about ecology? What about, the, what about economics? What about... What about uh, feeding uh, 45 million people who don't don't have enough to eat? Uh, what about the 40 million people who don't have health care? Uh, and to really address those issues in a serious way, and the media, just, I think, has fallen down really badly, the mass media. Uh, and so I just want to say that so as the get-go. <clears throat> the, as far as history is concerned, I think it's absolutely important that we we have a, a clear knowledge of history, and particularly of, history, of the history of this country, uh, and particularly as we talk about um, the Constitution and and uh, how things and things changing and uh, all of that, it's like number one, the Constitution was is uh, a process is a is a process document. It's not a it's not a mm. it's not a document set in stone and, and covered with bronze. It's uh it's a process document. It's meant to change. It's meant to shift. It's meant to allow for. Uh, People talking. I mean, Jefferson, the Constitution was set up for to, to be amended, and, and the, the you know the first ten amendments to the Constitution are the, are the Bill of Rights, and uh, they came about in you know in, in, the, in the late 1780s uh, when it was seen that the, you know the Constitution wasn't totally didn't totally have it all together, and and that there needed to be these amendments to to address. Uh, uh, you know other issues that would come up, and and I think Jefferson said it best when he said that you know that uh, kind of like every generation that needs to be a shift of perspective every every generation because the people are going to new generation will be new generations will be coming up asking new questions, and and these new questions will d- demand that the Constitution be adjusted to reflect uh, these changes. So so for example, I, I'd say like gun 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 control. Uh, and the right to carry arms, bear arms, and so forth. Well, that 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 that, that law that that was put in the put in the, the Constitution uh, when you know we had single loaded muskets. You know, um, <laughs> we didn't have uh, Uzi submachine guns. Right. We didn't have uh, cluster bombs. We didn't have uh, there wasn't that technology. It didn't exist. <laughs> and so here we are now. You know, everybody, every every home should have a Uzi submachine gun. And it's like it's 
crazy. It's nuts. Right. And it's it's recognized like kind of like who 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 are you missing here? We're missing something. We're not really looking at what the, what the uh, the true uh, vision of this country was. And it's another thing too that the you know the the beacon of light that's always kept this country. That's you know, the United States has been a beacon of light to to, to nations and peoples all over the world. Mm-hmm. And that beacon comes from you know the 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 the, the statement in the in the Declaration of Independence. You know that. We're all created equal, and, and that, there's no difference between that 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 statement that's made in the preamble to the to the Declaration of Independence. Uh, all men, all all people are created equal. It doesn't just apply to Americans; it applies to everybody. Right. And and that that vision uh, in, in this country was settled. I mean, this country has been settled by immigrants. It's been it was settled. It was cre- and, and this nation was created by um, uh, revolutionaries. Yes. It was created by um, you know people who were considered traitors to the to the dominant uh, dominant right. uh, force at the time uh, the British the British Empire. Um, so let's remember our origins here. Let's remember where we come from, and let's remember and, and as we try to build walls uh, between Mexico and the U.S. and shut people out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, hey, we all came from somewhere else, right? Um, and our roots are and and also the. Our relationship to the land and our relationship to the native peoples of this land. I mean, the United States, the United States as a government has never really um, officially apologized to the to the Native Americans, to the mm-hmm. native peoples of this land as to what has happened. It's never, that's never been, and that, so that kind of thing. That that stuff needs to be cleared up. It needs to be cleared up. And so these are the kinds of issues I think that need to be uh, addressed uh, and and reckoned with in the future. Well. As I think about that, and I think about the um, how media has, in the past, been a pretty reliable source for looking at a fair and just assessment of issues, um, and yet most people don't see that happening today. I don't see that happening today. Um, where did journalism or journalists or people with a love of you know digging into the issues where did they lose their way what happened well I think that what happened was that uh, the uh, the media the mass media essentially is controlled by corporations large corporations and so if we look at that I'm a big fan of Edward R Murrow and and there's a book uh, published some years ago called The Murrow Boys. It's a great book. You can still get it. Uh, it's it's uh, mostly in used bookstores, but it's a wonderful book. And it's uh, and, and, you know it's a, and, and so it's really kind of the origins of of, of uh, the kind of you know Murrow was an electronic journalist and, and he was someone who really knew how to put a story together and 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 tell a story and that's what that's what that's what he did and and. Uh, in 1947, when when Murrow came back and and Ed William S. Paley had become the head of CBS and sort of the whole setting up of the of Edward, R. I remember watching Edward R. Murrow the, when I was a kid in the 50s, you know, and and he would have these, you know, he had he had first of all he had he had uh, see it now on radio, and then it would see it now on on television, um, and he would go into a person's home and and essentially you know interview them, and he might be in the New York studio. Sometimes he might be there, but. Most of the time, he'd be in New York studio smoking his ever present cigarette, and he would interview someone. And I remember going, you know, visiting uh, with uh, Marilyn Monroe, and, and, and this, you know, the, it was great stuff. And so, but where is that now? It's like that, you know, the last I think the last remnant of it was uh, was Walter Cronkite, where you had you had someone you could depend on. I mean, then you had Huntley and Prickley. They were people you could go, you could. You could tune into those guys, and they kind of revolutionized the coverage of conventions and, and the coverage of how you had two people talking off one another. They get Huntley and Brinkley playing off one another, and they would, and and you could get information that you wouldn't otherwise get. And now it's like you know, it's sound bites. It's like if you watch the, I do tend tend to watch the news just because I'm in the business. Sure. But I, and I watch it, and I see the same stories come over and over and over yeah. again. And the yeah. same. I mean, it's like you know, you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, you have. Three, five major channels that are covering the news, and I tell you, you know, between those five channels, most of the stories are the same. Yes, um, yeah. and they're covering the same stories. The same, it's the same stuff, and and not like that, it's the same stuff every day. Yeah, you 
see the same story covered over and over again. I don't know what the rationale is for that. Maybe it's because, well, somebody will be watching now that didn't watch before, but it's stupid. <laughs> Again, it's a waste of time. It's a waste yeah. of energy. And now what we've got is, you know, time is money. Well, what do you mean time is money? I mean, uh, you're wasting this time, and it's all basically it's driven by dollars and cents. You know, the ratings and the ratings, that's a whole other issue. Um, that it's, so the problem is, I think, uh, corporate greed. Um, and, I mean, let's face it, you know, General Electric, General Electric owns NBC. Yes. Um, now, how many in-depth uh, uh, documentaries are we going to see about you know nuclear weapons? Where you have the largest manufacturer of weapons in the world, GE? Uh, are we going to see that on NBC? I don't think so. Right. Um, right. So again, it's like how this impact, how this kind of subtly and not so subtly affects the kind of issues and, and subjects that are covered. It's a, mm-hmm. it's huge and. There's been a no- lots of books written about this. Uh, I'm not the only one saying this. Sure. Uh, yeah. The, uh, so that's that's the, that's the problem. I think we have to get out from under this this, this corporation, this corporate um, mentality that that says, says it tells us what what we, what we want to watch and what we don't what we want to listen to, and it's that's simply not true. Well, and so if the pendulum swings, you know, which is what we we tend to believe happens. Um, do you think the pendulum is moving back in the other direction, away from this? Do you think people have, have reached a point where they um, are so fed up with um, being talked down to by being taught essentially not to think, um, by being told don't ask questions? Um, do, you, do you think people have gotten to that point yet where they're saying there's got to be a different way? Well, I think in, in many ways that's true. I think we can see that in different things. The network network viewership is going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not it's not increasing. Um, there are so many more choices available to people now. There's so many more things that people can choose to do and elect to do. I mean, with with iPods and 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 uh, all kinds of you know digital receivers that are available now, and uh, cell phones and all the rest of it. I mean, you know, you can. <laughs> You can pretty well create your own media world and and do it yourself and and have a great time. Uh, where that that that's eating into the uh, the mass media marketplace in a big way, and so uh, that's going to continue to unfold. And and uh, so I think that overall that's a positive thing. Overall, I think that's going to the nature of that is going to you know, people are going to be empowered to to. to have a lot more access to, to uh, the kind of information that one wants. Mm. Well, you do see that happening, especially with um, the younger generation. That you know, you said their, their DNAs are kind of hardwired to, to know how to do all this with the technology, which is fascinating in itself. Um, and and you do see that they are actually creating what they're listening to, and it's not just music in their ears. And you know, when I talk to People like that, they say, oh, yeah, you know, I've got all these podcast shows and I've got it all lined up. It shows up automatically, you know, on my, um, in my library. And so it's not as if they're not curious and it's not as if they're not looking. Um, and so, you know, we, we, those of us who don't do that could learn from that. And um, we're going to take a break while we pay for the show. We'll be right back. All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexsaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. 
Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. talk about his money call us toll free 866-472-5790 and talk to the experts we talk money all the time voice america business we appreciate you joining our leading conversations today if you would like to participate in today's conversation please call us now at 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 now back to your host cheryl Okay, so we're back live, and um, sorry about that, folks. That does happen with live radio. Uh, so we're speaking with Michael Toms today, and this is our um, final segment of the hour. Michael, we've been speaking a lot about the evolution of the media and your contribution to it. I'm curious about some of your most memorable guests. When you think about the years that you've been doing this work and providing such amazing, it's a huge contribution to the world and, and the way of thinking. Who are a couple of your most memorable guests? Well, I mean, I think there's been uh, there have been a lot of I've had the opportunity to interview a lot of uh, memorable people. With him. I mean, Joseph Campbell certainly comes to mind. Uh, Maya Angelou, uh, uh, Wangari Mathai, Muhammad Yunus, uh, William McDonough, of course. Um, uh, people like E.O. Wilson from Harvard and, and the poet ecologist Gary Snyder. Um, also, had the opportunity to interview President Jimmy Carter. Um, and Andrew Weil, arguably the most famous, the most popular, most famous doctor in America. Also, the, his audience the Dalai Lama I've interviewed several times. It's been a great gift. Uh, I've interviewed Bill Moyers, Alice Walker. Um, you know, the list goes on. Gene Houston. Uh, and uh, I, I want to say that that uh, I, I have I learned from every guest. I learn. I, I learn. It's not just the, one of the things that we do is that we look for the people that people don't know about. And, we're always searching uh, for individuals who are doing uh, ordinary individuals doing extraordinary things, and and, and we find them. Uh, and so often, uh, we'll we'll discover someone like, for instance, Muhammad Yunus, who recently won the Nobel Prize. Um, uh, you know, we first uh, interviewed Muhammad when he first came to the U.S., and that was like you know 20 years ago. Um, and uh, Andy Weil, we first, we first interviewed in the, in the early mid seventies, uh, and and when he was trekking the jungles of Yucatan looking for native plants and, and shamans. Uh, so it's like, and in some ways, in some small way, we've probably been, been responsible for his, for you know for his own his own um, you know getting out there in the world. Uh, so it's uh, I've learned from all these people. I mean, it's been a great gift and a great blessing to do this work. I feel, especially, I mean, every day I feel grateful to do, to do what I do. How is it that you keep yourself uh, rejuvenated and nourished and fresh? Uh, well, uh, doing this work is part of what does it. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm, I'm engaged in what I'd love to do is what I love. So that's the uh, way to stay sane. Um, and a lot of people, we understand, like, people aren't happy in their work. Um, well, that's unfortunate. That's, 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 that's not very good. Uh, so that's part of it. I also find I make time for myself to to go to have retreats and to go to, to, to uh, create reflective spaces for myself. And so I schedule that in my life, and uh, so that's important. I also live in a rural area with uh, nature, and uh, I love birds, and so we have we have lots of wonderful bird life in, in, in our area, and. Um, and, and it's the wildness, and it's just appreciation of the wildness. I mean, the wild Mendocino Coast, everybody's aware of it, I'm sure. Um, it's just an amazing place to live, and, and, and so just hanging out in nature is a way to uh, to rejuvenate and to stay stay awake and aware and, mm. and not 
not kidding. I mean, I, we, we, I've lived in the city. I've, I've lived in this, I've lived in the city. I know what that's like. So, yeah. uh, and I know what, you know, and it's not, there's nothing wrong with living in the city. It's, there's a time for everything. But, uh, right now, I, 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 part of my life is really to enjoy, uh, the world of nature around right, me. Right, right. So that's, that, those are some of the ways. Well, in the couple minutes we have left, um, tell us what you think is the next wave. You know, where is broadcasting heading? Well, I think, uh, you know, for instance, with radio, let's say, uh, radio is morphing and changing its radio history as we know it. Um, and what I mean by that is that it's morphing into other other way, uh, other forms. And so the, the traditional radio station that's... Uh, Basically fed, you know, automated and streams out of a certain kind of music, whatever is, is gone. It's, it's not yeah. going to last. Yeah. These people are basically looking for local relevance, and so those stations that will survive are stations that are truly local and have a, have and are able to relate to their audience uh, in a direct way. And so that's one of the things. Also, I think the advent of satellite, you know, satellite distribution, uh, car radios, satellite car radios. That's I think that's had an impact. Uh, I think less than all that. Yeah, um, uh, 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 um, oh, uh, Sirius and yeah. XM are now going to merge, yeah. and so, uh, which is I think a good thing. Uh, and the, the combined audience, I think, is something like going to be like you know, twenty million people. Um, and that's you know, I have both of my I have both in my car, so I can get any kind of music I want. I can tune into anything. So I can call it to the talk to programming. Um, well, that <laughs> wow, it's amazing. It and I got amazing, TV for my car, and and I, and I got a cassette player, and so um, <laughs> you know that. The, so the future is like it's coming down the pike, and, and what's going to happen is that we'll have we'll have travel agents of, of the of travel agents of the air, mm. where you just simply fill out fill out a form, and there you go. what you want to what you want to listen to, what you want to see, what your interests are, what your and basically, you get back a, a whole list of these are the programs that right. you might want to check out. And so, just for the comfort of your home, you'll be able to do that, and you'll be able to build, build, micro build on your telephone bill or your, right. your, right. your electric bill or your utility bill somehow. Uh, and that would be a very simple process. And um, for so eight bucks a month or nine bucks a month or ten bucks a month, you'll get access to everything you want. And, and it'll, be, it'll exactly, be it'll be what you want. It'll be relevant to you. And yeah, that's what right. it's going to be all about. Michael, that's, that's we are coming to the end of our show, and this has gone way too fast for me. And I hope that you come back again and share more with us on Leading Conversation. So if people are interested in knowing more about you and New Dimensions, how can they reach you? Well, they can come to my web- come to our website, New Dimensions, at N-E-W-D-I-M-E-N-S-I-O-N-S, one word, newdimensions.org. Newdimensions.org. Yeah, and then we have the New Dimensions Internet radio station there, and you can hear download we have mp3s available and Great. you can listen to the program also there it's been a privilege to have you here michael tom thank you cheryl thank you remember everybody think big the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters this is cheryl escobedo Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.